you would take your Bible this morning and turn to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. I'm going to begin reading at verse 40, and I'm going to read all the way down to the end of the chapter, verse 56. Luke chapter 8, verse 40. The Bible says, And it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people received him, or gladly received him, for they were all waiting for him. Of course, it's talking about after he healed the, the maniac at Gadara. You know, they had asked him to leave their country, and then he went and published everywhere what had happened to him, and the next time he came around, they all were gladly received him. Then verse 41 says, And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house. For he had only one only daughter, about twelve years of age, and she lay a-dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. And a woman having an issue of blood twelve years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment, immediately her issue of blood was staunched. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude thronged thee, and pressed thee, and that sayest thou, Who touched me? And Jesus said, Somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue is going out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling, and falling down before him, she declared unto him before all the people, for what cause she had touched him, and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. While he yet spake, there cometh one from the rule of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Fear not. Believe only, and she shall be made whole. And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter and James and John and the father and the mother of the maiden. And all wept and bewailed her. But he said, Weep not, she is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. And he put them all out and took her by the hand and called, saying, Maid, arise. And her spirit came again, and she arose immediately, or straightway, and he commanded to give her meat. And her parents were astonished, but he charged them that they should tell no man what was done. And I titled this message this morning, Fear Not, Only Believe, taken from verse 40, uh, or verse 50, I'm sorry. So let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the time and the opportunity that is now we have to open your precious word. Lord, we thank you for... Uh, that we have with assurance the inspired and preserved word of God that we can study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth. Thank you, Father, that also through your word we can know you as our Lord and as our Savior and have assurance of a, a, a home eternal in the heavens reserved that fadeth not away, being kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. So, Father, we thank you for these precious promises that you give us in your word. Father, I pray that you speak to our hearts today. I pray that you help me and give me wisdom and uh, to speak the words of truth. And I pray that you speak to our hearts. Glorify your Son, the Lord Jesus. May he be lifted up. May the Spirit of God work in our hearts today. 
And Lord, if there's any that are not saved today, I pray that the Spirit of God will work in their hearts and bring them to that place of understanding and conviction and they might put their faith and trust in thee. So have your will accomplished and may you be glorified, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus spoke of the broad and narrow roads. You know, the broad road, of course, is the road of sin and unbelief, which leads to hell. Uh, the narrow road is the road of repentance and faith and leads to life eternal in heaven. You know, though the way of the narrow road is not complicated, yet the majority of people have always missed it. Because Jesus said there's many that go on the broad road and few that go on the narrow road. In Revelation chapter 21, verse 8, there's a list that describes why people missed it. And the first two in that list are fearful and unbelieving. And really all the rest kind of, I think, come under those two categories. But fearful and unbelieving. And here in this text, Jesus tells this uh, Jairus, fear not, believe only. Believe only. As we look at this this morning, I want to notice several things. First of all, you know, we need, we're not to fear, we need to believe, you know, because there is no one else to look to. You, ha you have two people in this passage, you have the woman, and you also have Jairus, and both of them uh, are looking to Jesus. You know, there is no one else that we can look to to have assurance and know that we can have eternal life, but to the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, this is a testimony of Scripture and the disciples and, and others. In, in John chapter 1, verse 29 and verse 36, John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. In John 1, 49, Nathanael said to Jesus, Thou art the Son of God. Thou art the King of Israel. In John 4, in verse 25, the Samaritan woman said, When Messiah cometh, he will tell us all things. Jesus said, I that speak unto thee am he. In John 6.35, he told the Pharisees, I am. Now, no, I want you to notice, think about this, how many times Jesus said, I am, those words, I am, in the book of John. He said, I am the bread of life. In John 6.68, Peter said, To whom shall we go? Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. In John 8.12, he said, I am the light of the world. In John 10.9, I am the door. In verse 11, I am the good shepherd. In verse 36, I am the Son of God. John eleven twenty five, speaking to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? In John 13, he said to the disciples, Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say well, for so I am. Thomas in John 20 and verse 28 said, My Lord and my God. And, of course, in Acts chapter 4, when, when Peter and John are standing before the San, Sanhedrin and they're being threatened for preaching the gospel, they say, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. 
And, of course, John 14, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man cometh the Father but by me. And here you have, you have Jairus in, in verse, uh, uh, if you go over to, if you compare some scripture here with scripture, in, in Matthew chapter 9, verse 18, Matthew chapter 9, verse 18, it says this about this occasion. It says, while he spake these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshipped him, saying, my daughter is even now dead. But come and lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live. You know, he, he has no hope but in the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, you know, some might say there's a contradiction in Scripture uh, because it says in, in, our, in our text in Luke that she, was, she lay a-dying. But the idea is she is well-nigh dead. She's almost dead. They have given up on her. Uh, in Mark chapter 5, verse 23, Again, speaking of the same occasion, it says, And besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. So, you know, there was no one else for him to look to for help. Speaking of the woman who had the, had the uh, issue of blood for 12 years, in Matthew 9, 21, she says, For she said within herself, If I may be touch his garment, I shall be whole. And out of fear and trembling, she came. You know, the law, you know, think about it, the law only condemned her further. After all, having an issue of blood, she was defiled and not to touch anyone else or be touched. Lest they be defiled. So she was un, she was considered unclean and 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 defiled. You know, you may be here today with, without God, without hope, without the peace of God, and without a relationship with God. But the Lord Jesus Christ can give you life. Isaiah fifty three verses five and six says, "But he was wounded for our transgressions; he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed." All we like sheep have gone astray, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Uh, you know, Isaiah 6, you know, when Isaiah was, was, uh, had this vision of the Lord, and in Isaiah 6, he said, Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of an unclean, a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar, and he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin is purged. You know that word live coal means a glowing stone. And Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4, To whom coming as unto a living stone. See, Jesus Christ is that living stone. He's that, he's that glowing stone. He was disallowed indeed of men. He was set aside by the religious leaders in Jerusalem. He was crucified. But he's chosen of God and precious. And he's the one we need to look to. There's no one else. There's no one else. Ephesians 1 7, uh, Peter, or. Uh, Paul, writing to the church of Ephesus, says, In whom, speaking about Christ, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. 
And you see, Christ died for our sins. He, he became sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. And yet our sin did not defile Him. You know, if this woman would have touched someone else, she, that person would have been unclean also. But she touched His garment. But Jesus wasn't defiled by her because th though He became sin for us, He washed our sins away in His own blood. Psalmist said in Psalm 103, verse 12, As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Hebrews 8, 12 says, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Hebrews 10, 17, And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. So him taking... He, he didn't take our sin and defile himself. He washed them. And when we come to the end of ourselves and exhaust our own resources to save ourselves, to redeem our souls from hell, when there's no one else to look to, when we repent of our sin and put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, he will save us from our sins. That's why he came. You know, Matthew chapter 1, speaking of Matthew yeah, 1 verse 21, says that he will save his people from their sins. You know, sometimes people confuse salvation with confession of sin in 1 John chapter 1. You know, I've had people say, well, you know, I pray every day and ask the Lord to forgive me. But they've never repented of who they are, a sinner, condemned, by the righteousness and holiness of God, and ask the Lord to save them from their sins, the penalty of which is death. You know, uh, Isaiah said in Isaiah 45, 22, Look unto me, and be ye saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is none else. You see, there is none else that we can look to to have our sins forgiven and have eternal life. Secondly, fear not, only believe, fear not when it seems it's too late. Notice verse 49 and verse 50, it says, While he yet spake, there cometh one from the rule of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Thy daughter is dead, trouble not the master. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Fear not, believe only and she shall be made whole. Fear not. I mean, this poor woman had an issue of blood 12 years. But she didn't give up. She didn't give up hope when she heard that the master was near. And we must never give up hope. Some people have the idea that it's too late for me. I've tried everything there is. I, I've gone too far. I can't go back. Friend, as long as you have breath of life, you have opportunity to be saved. I, I remember when we were in Maine, this neighbor was an old man. He was 83 at the time, I think. And I think I've used him for illustration before. But anyway, we'd, I'd go to visit him. And I asked him, I said, uh, I'd, I'd ask him something back, to, you know, do you know? And he'd kind of say, yeah. Now I'd ask this question. But Russell, do you have peace with God? 
and then he'd hang his head, say no. And several times he said, I, I guess it's just too late for me. But it's never too late. And I would say, as long as you have breath, you have opportunity. You have opportunity to be saved. Praise the Lord. You know, he did get saved. He did get saved. Uh, after we had, we had left and he got sick and the pastor, the guy that became a pastor of the church went to see him and, and led him to the Lord in the hospital. And when I went back, I went back to visit him and he told me, I didn't ask him, he told me that he had gotten saved. You see, it's never too late to be saved. Never too late. Psalm 145 verse 18 says, The Lord is nigh unto all that call upon him, that to all that call upon him in truth. Isaiah 55, 6 and 7 Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. In the book of Hebrews, the Bible warns us and encourages us when it says, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saying, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness. You know, the children of Israel will continually harden their hearts, and God gave them opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. But they continued to harden their hearts and harden their hearts and harden their hearts. Second Corinthians six two, for he has said he saith, I have heard thee in time accepted. In the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. See, it's never too late, Frank, to be saved. Never. Well, I'm just too great a sinner. I, maybe I turned a deaf ear too much. Or there's too much baggage in my life. Too much water over the dam, so to speak. And I just can't go back. Well, there's never such thing as too great a sinner to be saved. Do you ever think about the fact, if, you, if you've read the Bible through and you've paid careful attention, that every sin that man could commit has been committed by people who have gotten saved? Moses killed a man. David committed adultery and killed Uriah the Hittite. Not with his own hands, but had him killed. So he was a guilty guy. And the Bible says, calls David a man after God's own heart. Now David repented of his sin. Rahab was a what? Harlot. But she's in the ancestry of Jesus Christ. Think about it, friends. Saul, who became Paul, consented to the death of Stephen. You know what I think? While he saw Stephen dying, I think he, what was going on in his mind, he said that this thought was probably going on in his mind, and I think that's why you know, he was under such great conviction. I never saw a man die like this man. But he consented to the death of Stephen. He had Christians arrested. And put to death. And he became the Apostle Paul. 
Peter denied the Lord and cursed. And he became the pastor of the church of Jerusalem. You see, no such thing as too great a sinner. You know, Isaiah 64, 6 says, but we are all as an unclean thing. And all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. And we do all fade as a leaf. And our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. You see, we're all under the sentence of death because of our sins and all our, our wickedness. And you might say, well, preacher, I'm not that bad. Maybe not if you compare yourself to your, the guy next to you or the neighbor or somebody down the street. But when you compare yourself to God, you are wicked. We all are. But 2 Peter 3.9 tells us, The Lord is not slack concerning His promises. Some men slack, count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, we're not willing that any should perish, but that all, including murderers, drunkards, revilers, extortioners, uh, 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 adulterers, and, and effeminate, and all, you, you know, read the list of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and Paul said that and such were some of you, but now you are justified. See, God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You see, your sin is not new to humanity, nor is it beyond the mercy and grace of God. Romans 5.20 says, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abide, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abide. Oh, thank God for the grace of God that gives us not what we deserve, but what we don't deserve. So, though it may seem too late, they said, trouble not the master. It's too late. It's never too late with the Lord Jesus Christ. Never. But I want you to notice the third thing. We must manifest faith in God. Fear not, believe only. If you notice in verse 47, it says this, When the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him, declared unto him that before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And in Mark chapter 5, it gives us a little more information about that. In verse 28, for it says this, For she said, If I may but touch his clothes, and I want you to notice the wording, I shall be healed. She believed in her heart that if she would just touch his garments, she would be healed. See, she didn't only think he could heal her, he, she believed he would heal her. She had faith. She had faith. You know, Jairus is told in verses 49 to 51 to trouble not. not. Don't bother Jesus. You know, she's already dead. Verse 49. While he yet spake, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter and James and John, and the father and the mother of the maiden. 
So he's told, you know, don't bother him. But he chooses to believe the word of the Lord. And that's what faith is. It's, faith is simply believing, choosing to believe what God says. To not believe, by the way, to, to not believe, what you're really saying is, God, you're lying. You know, Hebrews 11.6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You see, we have to believe. We have to believe. God doesn't, you know, God doesn't choose some to be saved and some to be lost. It's not his choice, it's ours. And it's our choice to believe or not to. So we have to exercise a choice. We see a good example of this in Leviticus chapter 26. If you would go over there for a minute. Leviticus, the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 26. And verses 2 and 3, and then I want to drop down to verse 9. Leviticus 26, verse 2. Of course, this is under the, the Jewish economy, the Old Testament law. And I'm glad we don't have to keep that law now. Uh, but he says, Ye shall keep my Sabbath and reverence my sanctuary. I am the Lord. If ye walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them, then will I give you rain in due season, and the land shall yield her increase, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. So he was, they were to keep their Sabbath. Every seventh year they were let the, the field lay idle, and every 50th year they were to return. And, and, and this was, you know, to let a, your fields idle every seventh year took a lot of faith. They weren't to plant. They weren't to sow the seventh year. They were just to eat off of what they had left over or what grew of its own accord. Could you imagine a farmer doing that today? He'd say, you're out of your mind. And I'd agree with you. Uh, as a farmer. But anyway, you, you say you're out of your mind. But this is what God commanded the Jewish people. You know, we're not under this today. We're not under this law. Um, but this was what God commanded. And it was an act of faith. It was a proof of their faith. And it was a test to them to see whether they would believe God or not. And I want you to notice what verse 9 says. Leviticus 26, 9. For I will have respect unto you and make you fruitful, and multiply you, and establish my covenant with you. See, the whole purpose, uh, part of the purpose of the sabbatical year was so that they would learn to trust God and not trust in their own goodness and works. Their own abilities. It was an exercise in faith. And, and you know, they one of the reasons that the reason they went into captivity for 70 years, because they had skipped 70 Sabbaths. They quit keeping the Sabbath. And it wasn't just the fact that they didn't keep the year. What really happened was they forsook faith in God, which was evidenced by their keeping the Sabbath year. See, faith, faith has to be manifest. Faith without 
works is dead. And here you have evidence of faith. God wants us to manifest faith in his word. I mean, simply believe it and act upon it. Hebrews 4, 1 and 2. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them. He's talking about Israel in the Old Testament. It didn't profit them. Why? Not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So you have here, you have the 12 spies, for example, and they go into the land, they came back out, and 10 of them don't believe God. God said, go in and possess the land. He said, I will give it to you. Joshua and Caleb said, we believe God. God will give us, if our God before us, who can be against us? But the 10 said, no, there's giants in there. And there's walled cities. And it eats up the inhabitants thereof. Caleb said, there'll be meat for us. By the way, when they eventually did go in the land, do you remember what Rahab told them? She said, we heard what your God did for you at the Red Sea, and our hearts did melt. What those ten didn't realize was, God had put the fear and dread of the children of Israel into the hearts of the people of the land. But they all missed it. You know why they missed it? Because they didn't believe God. They didn't believe his word. They heard it. They heard the same word. They heard that voice from Mount Sinai, but it wasn't mixed with faith. Jesus said to Thomas in John 20, verse 27, Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands. Reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believing. Are you doubting God? You know, we have a God that we can trust Him. We can depend upon Him. We need to believe in His Word. Our God is full of compassion. You know, He cares for and about you and I. Over and over again, the Bible tells us he, how full, He's full of compassion. Psalm 86, 15, But Thou, O Lord, art God, full of compassion and gracious and long-suffering and plenteous in mercy and truth. Psalm 111, verse 4, He hath made His wonderful works to be remembered, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion. Psalm 145, verse 8. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. Matthew 9, 36. When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. In Mark chapter 5, verse 19, speaking about to the, to the maniac that he had just healed, Jesus said, Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith to him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. You know, this, this is a guy that wears no clothes. He lives in the tombs. He, he's a terror to the society. And he cannot be controlled. And God has compassion on him too. You know, many of us would said he's too far gone. There's no hope. But God had compassion on him. See, God is full of compassion. And God does keep his word. 
First Chronicles 16, 15. Be ye mindful always of his covenant, the word which he commanded to a thousand generations. You know, God told Jairus, fear not, believe only. And he had to go simply on what Jesus said. Psalm 105, verse 8. He hath remembered his covenant forever, the word which he commanded to a thousand generations. Mark chapter 1, verse 40 to 42. It says, And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying to him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him, and saith unto him, saith unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. God has given us his word. He's spoken it to us. In John six thirty-seven, he says, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me, I will no wise cast out. You know, Abraham is spoken of Abraham in Romans 4.21. Uh, it says, And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Now, what did God promise Abraham? God promised him a child. He promised him a son. A son by Sarah. Abraham's 100 and Sarah's 90. But Abraham was persuaded that what God said, he could bring it to pass. He would do it. You see, you can trust that what the Lord has said, he will do. We need to have faith. Fear not, only believe. You know, Romans 10, 13 says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That word call there means to invoke. To call for with earnest desire. It's sort of like the publican who, who, who cried out, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. He called in faith, believing that what God said, he will perform. You see, we need not fear. You know, the reason many people will not come to Christ is they're fearful. They're fearful. Or they do not believe. We need not fear. Jesus said to him, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. Have you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you put your faith and trust in him, knowing that there is no one else? You know, Peter said, To whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we are sure that thou art that Lord and Christ. You see, there is no one else to whom we can go. Have you come to him by repentance and faith in Christ and accepted him as your Lord and Savior? Christian, are you living by faith? You know, we get saved by faith and we need to live by faith. It's a matter of obedience. Are our decisions based upon what God commands us in his word or are they based upon what we feel like doing ourselves? 
We say, well, preacher, I just don't know if it will work out if I obeyed the Lord. Oh, yes, it will. God commanded. God said it would, and it will. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. God will take care of all the other stuff if you seek him first. He'll provide for every area of life. That's his promise. That's his guarantee. He is our heavenly father that cares and has compassion for us. He even knows the hairs of our head. He even knows a sparrow that falls. And he said, are you of not much more value than a sparrow? See, fear not. Only believe.